0: Welcome back to the Carolina Weather Group. We're happy to have you this evening as we wrap up our college series. Last week, we introduced you to 12 students who are studying meteorology programs throughout the country. And you got an idea of who they are, what drove them into the studies. But tonight, we're going to be talking more about the schools, the programs, and what makes their college town more interesting or most interesting and, and fun to be at. Uh, this is a great show for anyone who will be applying to the program. So maybe you'll hear of a college or maybe a certain path uh, down the meteorology degree that interests you. And uh, we want to hear from you, your firsthand account. So let us know if you found this programming interesting. So for that, let's go back and introduce you to our panel, Evan Fisher, Frank Strait, Shay Gibson, Dan Whitaker. And most importantly, our students, Dylan, Jake, Ethan, Eric, Robert, Justin, Katie, Andrew, Chandler, and Brianna. How did Florida State kind of wind your heart to, uh, to, prefer, or to pursue the meteorological degree?
1: So in terms of looking at undergraduate programs, obviously living in Florida, um, FSU was a good option just because of the affordability of the school. And um, I'll touch up on some of that stuff a little bit later, I'd imagine, in terms of like looking for, for different schools. Um, but I'll kind of focus more on the grad school side of things because um, I, I think that's something that really um, is like a experience that I can kind of bring to the table here. When it comes to applying for for different grad schools, um, it's not necessarily about applying to the school, saying, okay, I want to go to school in North Carolina, for example. Um, When you're applying for grad schools, it's really looking at specific projects, specific areas of research that really pique your interest, and finding different uh, professors and people to work with that kind of match with your interest and you had that chance to kind of build a bit of a professional connection with and, you know, imagine yourself being mentored by that person. Um, and when it came to Florida State, I had uh, a new professor who had who had just come into FSU that semester um, in the spring of 2017. Um, her name is Dr. Allison Ling. And we basically met at our Meteorology Honor Society banquets um, that April. I didn't really know anything about her at the time. Um, I was still kind of making my final decisions as to grad schools. I had an offer as a teaching assistant from FSU, um, but I was introduced to her at this, at this banquet and ultimately ended up having a kind of sit down 30 minute meeting with her where she kind of ran me through her, her research on some of the things that she did as a postdoc um, and kind of what her mentoring, advising style would be like, and it was just a home run, and it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, So Florida State also is unique in that it really does have a good connection with pretty much every sector of meteorology. We have, obviously, Mississippi State is, you know, the absolute broadcast meteorologist factory, but FSU is uh, definitely right up at the top of the kind of the rest of the pack there. Um, we have a 30-minute student run, student produced, um, all the students are on air, TV show that is entirely devoted to weather, actually airs on the PBS station in Tallahassee, as well as streaming on YouTube. Um, and that's a fantastic opportunity, not just for those that are looking to get into broadcast meteorology, but are looking to improve on their
2: communication skills. It was definitely kind of a coincidence. I was already looking at Florida State. Financially, they're pretty decent for out-of-staters, like one of the cheaper ends, um, And also, uh, I liked Florida State because they are tropical meteorology capital, basically. Um, Them and NC State really rule um, the tropical meteorology sector. I mean, I learned, I mean, my dream job is a hurricane hunter. I learned about how, you know, the National Hurricane Center is full of Florida State grads. And I was just like, hmm, Um, I'm going to definitely strive to uh, get into this university or at least NC State if I can't get into Florida State?
3: I definitely did apply to OU. Um, that was one that I was considering. I applied to FSU, uh, Georgia Tech, uh, Cornell, a few other ones in there. When I got my acceptances back, um, I got a lot of good offers. But at the end of the day, uh, FSU actually offered me a full ride off of the basis of national merit. And OU was uh, like, hey, you still got to pay 10K. And I'm like, "No, you know, OU is a great school. I, I know there are some great people there I have a few friends there. FSU I also have a few friends there but you know you're, I don't have to pay for pretty good calculus for me uh, just in my opinion but I, I am also really excited to go to FSU because of of course the meteorology program there is really good. It's really focused on tropical meteorology, which is something that I don't have as much experience with in the past. So I really wanted to branch out sort of I know a little bit about winter weather. I know A little about, about severe weather, but really haven't known as much as tropical storms. I haven't even been under a hurricane local statement until I was at Tallahassee this last year. That's the first time I was under any tropical-related products.
4: What's your uh, thing that must be done if you're uh, visiting uh, Tallahassee for for anything, whether it's a FSU football game or a conference, or or uh, just uh, passing through? What what's something you got to do in Tallahassee when
0: you're in the area?
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll kind of go for for a slightly different vibe and. Think if you're trying to relax a little bit because of all the hustle and bustle of, of of downtown Tallahassee and the kind of you know, the areas with the bars near the stadium and everything like that. Obviously all that stuff's out there and there are kind of different sections of town that are I think ideal for different audiences. Maybe if you're like a you know, if you're not really looking for a place that's kind of riddled with college students, there's a place called Midtown where you can get kind of a quieter atmosphere and can still just go enjoy um, you know, your time with some friends and everything. But Um, One thing that I'll point to, I think the Tallahassee area is actually very underrated in terms of its nature. Um, And Tallahassee's park system is fantastic. But one place that I'll point to in particular is called the Res, which is basically this... Um, Lakefront's kind of beach that FSU actually runs and allows FSU students and the public to kind of access. And you can do things like, uh, you know, canoe and kayak rental, beach volleyball, um, disc golf, um, and pretty much anything you can imagine that's kind of like an outdoor kind of beachy sort of activity that um, a lot of schools don't really have, um, which is a really cool way to kind of relax after finals for the students or to kind of get everybody together at the start of a semester or something along those lines. And I'll also point you to something that's actually pretty unique. They only do them a couple of times a year, but FSU, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of the campus or maybe have watched, um, you know, when the NCAA regionals um, for baseball are in Tallahassee. But if you've ever seen something over the right field fence during those games, you might notice what looks like a circus tent. And FSU actually has its own circus, which is, I think it's one of only two colleges in the country that has that. Um, And it's really interesting because basically students will take a class at the beginning of the semester, which is basically just a class where you kind of learn how to do some kind of, you know, circus-based act, whether it be like a trapeze or, you know, anything along those lines. And some of the students will actually participate in the shows that they do later on in the fall. They do like a Halloween series of shows where they have them all, you know, decked out in crazy costumes and stuff. Um, And then they also do one in the spring. Um, So I think that's a really, I don't know, something that FSU brings to the table. That's like a really cool idea for people that are, you know, living on campus and maybe need something to do at some point in the fall. Also
4: your favorite 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 restaurant?
1: There's a few good ones. Um, I'll throw one that's a little bit of a cheaper option. It's called Gordo's. It's a Cuban restaurant about a half mile west of of, of the football stadium. Um, There's this other cluster of bars and restaurants called college town and everybody else will probably recommend to you madison social which is a place that opened in 2013 that's pretty much like the closest place you could you know grab a burger or something before actually going to the stadium you can see the stadium from the patio and everything and i would definitely recommend it it's an awesome place but i'll 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 mix it up a little bit um they got you know live music and stuff um it's a it's a slightly quieter atmosphere um, out there. It's a little bit removed from, from, from the, the craziness of campus. So um, I think that's a good bet. And it's something that's, you know, pretty tall- has unique
0: um, Eric, you're a senior and you're doing the broadcast meteorology program from Mississippi state. So um, ha- I guess, you know, obviously the broadcast uh, online broadcast meteorology degree from Mississippi state hands down the most popular route that a lot of broadcast meteorologists have already done. So, Uh, What made you really decide on that?
5: The reason I kind of chose Mississippi State um, because kind of like you mentioned, um, it is one of the most popular programs for broadcast meteorologists. As of right now, that is the track that I want to go into. Um, And it being online, it's the perfect uh, kind of opportunity for me uh, as far as working full-time, trying to balance that uh, school and work-life schedule uh, to try to get that accomplished so I can kind of transition myself out of the biotech industry Chose Mississippi State.
2: Um, I went down there for a tour and got the got the rundown of everything. I got a got a tour of their facilities and stuff. And one, there was a statistic I found out about. Um, I think it's one every three broadcast meteorologists on television went to Mississippi State or have ties to Mississippi State. Some crazy statistic like that. Um, and I've always loved the idea of the South and Mississippi. Suppose I'm coming to Starkville
4: uh, or the area for a conference or, or maybe visiting the school. Uh, aside from that, what's something that I need to do in that area? Not
2: necessarily oh touristy, just
4: something fun to do.
2: If you could do one thing, it would be drive through downtown. We have a place, a little strip, like call it Stark Vegas, called the Cotton District. There's a bunch of cool bars and restaurants and old kind of um what's the word, Uh, Louisiana, New Orleans style, Mardi Gras buildings. And that is the place to hang out on campus, you know, after a football game, after a baseball game, everybody goes there, hangs down the street. Uh, It would be comparable to um, the street at UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, I forget the name of it, but um, uh, kind of that atmosphere. And especially, you know, when COVID and stuff gets, gets, when everything gets lessened as far as restrictions having to do with that, um, there's a big bulldog bash that we throw, we have concerts, everything funded by Mississippi State, and it really is Mississippi's college town. It's a really small town, and when you get outside of town, there's nothing, but the town and the, the university is the town. We have a really nice downtown. Um, what else? Definitely baseball games, football games, tailgating it's football games um, is something that I'm excited to experience and and will definitely be fun for me but just soaking up the the atmosphere the whole community you know there's retirement communities and and the people of Starkville will all swarm out on move-in day at Mississippi State and help the students move in there's a lot of of family uh, feel and atmosphere and connection with with the people of Starkville and Mississippi State.
0: What schools were you looking at and what made you finally decide on Oklahoma?
5: I went to a weather camp when I was in 10th grade over the summer at Penn State, and it was a fantastic weather camp, and uh, it was a great school. But uh, what really decided that I didn't want to go there was it was in the middle of nowhere. There was an hour cornfield to get there, and then you're there, and it's just this small kind of college town. Great atmosphere, don't get me wrong, and it's a great school, but um, I knew I didn't want to go there. So I started looking at other meteorology schools, and uh, I was mainly looking at Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Florida State, and um, toured all three of those schools, really liked Oklahoma and Florida State just based on the tours, and then finally I decided that I grew up in Charleston, and we had tropical weather there. Florida State was roughly the same climate, and they're also more tropical-focused, so I wanted the experience of the severe storms that the plains have and um, of course, being here, we have the National Weather Center uh, right on campus, which is where we have our classes and everything. So um, I'm glad that I made the decision that I did. Um, But I know that there's a lot of other great schools, too, that um, are are good options for meteorology programs.
4: What is the thing that you, something that a visitor to Central Oklahoma, OKC Metro must do when you're in town?
5: Out here in Oklahoma, it's, it's a lot more of the Wild West kind of culture. Um, And so let's see what definitely tour the National Weather Center. uh, When it opens back up, it is absolutely an incredible building. Um, And just in the OKC area, there's really good food, um, especially like Mexican food. um, It's really, really good here.
4: Yeah, I concur Um, with that. I I tried Pepe Delgado's when I visited
5: Norman and I thought it was outstanding. (laughs) And the steak is amazing here too. So,
0: um, Ethan, I want to kind of transition to you first because you're a freshman, and uh, so you, I, I'm not sure you, you probably have stepped foot all in Penn State. But I'm sure the the college process was a little bit maybe uh, harder for you as you're battling through COVID. You don't really get to see the full campus experience. So, so let's talk about you first going to Penn State. How did you choose Penn State? What were some other schools that you were interested in? And let's kind of talk about that process.
6: So my uh, college process started, um, I guess, junior year. Um, we went down to college station and saw it toward Texas A&M. Thought it was a cool campus, um, cool program. And then I decided to um, go up to State College and tour um, Penn State, which I really enjoyed um, touring it. So, I ended up applying to um, Texas A&M, Penn State, um, NC State, Oklahoma, UNC Asheville, and UNC Charlotte, and Georgia Tech. Um, and then when I got my acceptance letters back, I decided um, to go back to Penn State, check it out, um, met with some professors, met and did a tour, campus was super cool, program looked really cool, so I decided that I would leave the Carolinas and try something different for a few years and go up um to the Northeast and experience some snow, hopefully. Probably a year there will be no snow. It'll be like a rare drought, no snow. Is the am sure <laughs> you will experience snow in State College.
4: You won't get very many big storms, but uh, there'll be snow in the air
0: a lot of the time. The truth comes out. <laughs> Ethan's just going to Penn State for snow. I get it now. I understand. <laughs> Ethan, instead, I'll ask you about your hometown, the Raleigh area.
4: Uh, what is. Uh, what is something that you must do if you're visiting your hometown?
6: Come to Raleigh and you come during um, hockey season, you must go to a Canes game. It's a true experience. So I wasn't really into Hurricanes uh, games for a while and then I started getting into them. So that's a good experience. And Raleigh has an awesome restaurant life, so um, especially downtown. So restaurants in Raleigh are pretty good. And then there's some decent parks if you're really into parks. Dorothea Dix is a super cool park that is going to be much cooler once they get done working on it. It's supposed to be a very cool park. So the parks, the restaurants, and then Umstead State Park, another great place to go to. Uh,
4: you're going to be going to uh, Champ's, and you're going to be going to uh, Uncle Chin's, and you're going to <laughs> when you get to State College, and uh, Happy Valley Brewing, and, uh, but tell me about uh, the Raleigh area. What's your one must-visit restaurant when you're in town?
6: If you come to Raleigh, um, there's a lot of choices. Um, pretty hard to narrow down to one, but there's just right, there's a small restaurant. It's very small inside. It's like go back like it's like European style restaurant. Um, the, the way it looks inside. It's and it takes you back into the 50s and 40s. It's a very um old time themed restaurant. Um it's called Hayes Barton Cafe. They have fantastic cakes, but um, if you come late July and August, get the tomato pie is like the best that I've ever had in my life. Um so definitely there. And then probably the pit is an awesome if you like barbecue. Um
4: You can actually find decent barbecue in Happy Valley. Hogs galore, you have to drive a ways to get to them, but they're not bad and uh, Don's Bones is not bad.
0: Ethan, I, I was good. I was debating. I was like, I wonder if he says the pit or the Angus Barn because that's another good place. To eat in Raleigh yeah. is the Angus Barn.
6: The Angus Barn, yeah. yeah. You can't go wrong with Angus Barn either if you're I've, ready to pay a price. But yes, <laughs> I, I've decided
4: I got to get up to Raleigh and try some of these places and get to a Canes game. I haven't been in one yet, and I really want to go. I'm a Canes fan
7: big time.
0: What kind of do you to UNC Charlotte? What was the uh, what was that process like?
7: Well, I grew up in the Charlotte area, so uh, when I was applying to colleges, I looked at primarily NC State and UNC Charlotte um, for meteorology specifically. That was my original goal going into college. Obviously took a couple turns and I'm still at UNC Charlotte, but um, uh, yeah, I've just, I've grown up going to basketball games here at at Charlotte. Um, I've just always had a connection to it. It was right here, 30 minutes from home. Um, They had a meteorology program that was smaller, but I kind of liked the smaller feel. You got to be a little bit closer to your peers?
8: I didn't necessarily pick the school based on what I knew my professors got up to, but it turns out um, quite a few of our professors are heavily into the research with severe storms. Um, I don't know if any of you know Casey Davenport. Uh, She's one of the professors at UNC Charlotte. She actually worked on one of the Vortex projects which to little like freshman or sophomore me that found that out was the coolest thing ever. I was just like, Oh, I can't wait to pick her brain about that. But that was really cool. Um, And then another one of our professors is he does a lot of severe weather research as well. And it was a very casual atmosphere because there's so few of us. So we always talked about storm chasing and every time severe weather would happen, we'd kind of sit and chat about it. So that was definitely a good experience to have when you're more into the severe weather side of things because it gives you a nice perspective into the world of storm chasing
4: (laughs) what's what's something you got to do when you're coming to visit charlotte
8: well i love to go to carowinds
9: there's an amusement park that's about half an hour away and their whole thing is that they're on the border of north and south carolina so sometimes you're in north carolina sometimes you're in south carolina um, when I first moved to Charlotte, my parents gave me a gold pass to the amusement park as a gift. And every year I've got it since that's, that was their Welcome to Charlotte gift. Here's the amusement park like pass. Um, so if you like rides, definitely carowinds, I recommend. And then during this time of year, well, about to be September, October, they do carowinds. And I am very into Halloween, so I love scarewinds too.
4: <laughs> Let me break in here because I always mention when I hear carowinds, that was my first job when I was a teenager. I made funnel cakes. I made probably 10,000 funnel cakes a year for two seasons at Carowinds.
0: (laughs) Whoa, I'm learning something new about you, Frank. I did not know that.
4: That was my first job when I was a teenager. I was 16.
0: Living in in Danville, Virginia. So uh, I know Virginia Tech, not practically in your backyard, but pretty close. Um, uh, What other schools did you apply to? And finally, kind of what drew you to
10: Virginia Tech? Fun fact, I only applied to Virginia Tech. I didn't apply anywhere else. I had a lot hinging on getting accepted into tech. Um, and the decision process behind that is uh, tuition. And I was going for in state tuition as uh, I'm right now swamped in debt already. <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to keep that to a minimum. And so I was left with two choices uh, to pursue meteorology in Virginia, those being Virginia Tech and GMU, I believe. They have a program as well. And so for me, Virginia Tech, that program, it still is in its infancy, if you think about it. I think it just formed in 2013. So young program. And uh, I was like, man, it's close to home. It's in the mountains. They have a good football program. What appears to be a really good meteorology program in the making. And I was like, I'll I'll go ahead and just give it my all for Virginia Tech. So that's what led me here.
4: Okay, uh, Justin, we'll move on to you. You're the first Virginia Tech guy that we've had on so uh, you can tell us about blacksburg I know a little bit because I've uh, in 20 years of living in Pennsylvania and having family still back here in Carolina as I passed by Blacksburg a hundred times and visited a couple of times but uh, so you can tell us what uh, what are some must-do things if you're visiting Blacksburg
10: it goes without saying uh, attending a lane stadium game doesn't matter night day early season late season you're gonna get the same end result and that's going to be an incredible atmosphere um, Every every, every Hokie, I would say, even those that have not any type of remote interest in football will still preach just how fun it is and how amazing it is and how to always remember going to Lane Stadium. I don't know whether it's... I think it's just tradition at this point. Everybody, you know, they, they feel it. They have it in them. And so it leads to a great atmosphere. Um, beyond that, um, Blacksburg is fortunate to be based in the, apse, the Appalachian Mountains. And so... There's plenty of uh, nature opportunities. Whether you're you're a hiker, or a rafter, or kayaker, there's a new river. Um, I would suggest the Cascades if you're ever around here. If not, Bald Knob and uh, Mountain Lake are just a 20 minute drive up the road, uh, where they film Dirty Dancing, and that's a really easy hike if you're not a very experienced hiker. Um, it's like maybe 15 minutes up a gravel road, and you get an amazing view with the sunset. So. There really isn't, a, despite the rural area and kind of being off the major population centers, there's no shortage of things to do in the area.
4: Justin, Blacksburg, what's a one restaurant you have to try if you're in or passing through Blacksburg?
10: There used to be a bed and breakfast, um, but they they just closed down. I would otherwise have 100% said that. Um, Otherwise beyond there, I don't eat out terribly often, Um, but when I have, every time I've had Benny's pizza, I know it's a chain, it's very tasty, you get a very big slice people that you're with or around are normally pretty happy and well-minded. You're gonna be in a good crowd, a good pizza. So I, I would suggest that a traveler's coming through. Um, that's worth a visit.
0: If you have one, um, one like word of advice to um, students who are in college right now, or maybe high school seniors, juniors, looking into meteorology program, what would that be? Um, Katie, I'll start with you.
9: Even if you're not math inclined, just still give it a shot. So like I said, I really struggled with math. Every math class I've ever taken, I had a tutor and I went to office hours a lot, but it is possible. I passed all like 11 of the math classes that I needed and it is doable if you're passionate enough and you love the, you know, if you love weather enough, you can get through it.
7: Don't shy away from programming. Andrew and Katie have kind of alluded to it. Programming is becoming very prevalent in meteorology and almost a necessary skill, regardless of if you go into broadcast or research or academia or whatever. Um, Don't shy away from taking those courses and uh, you don't have to stick with one particular language
5: over another. Um, You can diversify yourself a little bit. Don't be afraid to try things. Um, I, I knew for a fact that I didn't want to do broadcast and here I am really considering it as a career choice. And um, it's only because I tried it. If I hadn't tried it, I wouldn't be even considering it still. And I think also kind of going off of that is don't be afraid to talk to your professors about problems you're having in class. Like, you know, Katie mentioned her, you know, math in meteorology is hard. And yes, math is a big part of meteorology, but you know, you can get through it because everybody's in the same boat as you. There's only a few people that would consider themselves good at math, I think. And so once you start to realize that and, and are able to get past the fear of studying math and and going to office hours for help and that kind of thing it's definitely manageable and applying it to meteorology is enjoyable to me at least so um there's always that i'd love to uh, give
0: you the opportunity to share out any social media accounts uh that our listeners or followers maybe they can follow uh you along your journey um Katie, we'll start with you. Uh, do you have a social media uh, platform you'd like to promote?
9: So my Instagram is at WX underscore KT, just a K and a T. And then my Twitter is the same thing, except it's KT Melvin, M-E-L-V-I-N.
7: My Twitter is at toad, W-X, T-O-A-D-W-X. T O A D W X. That's where most of my weather stuff gets posted, variety um, of things that I Create or things pertain to my research or anything I find interesting weather-wise.
5: My weather Twitter is at Andrews underscore weather. And I, I do share some Carolina related stuff, some Oklahoma related stuff. So, um, yeah, just kind of a good mix.
1: So you can find me on Twitter um, at Jake Carstens. My last name is C-A-R-S-T-E-N-S. Um, so feel free to find me there. Um, I also just launched my uh, my personal website a few months ago, just karstensweather.com, same spelling. Um, and uh, yeah, I think those are the main two for me.
2: My main platform as far as uh, weather goes would be my Twitter. It's Dylan Hudler, WX, WX capitalized, spelled just as you see it here on
5: the thing. So you can just look me up on Instagram. My Instagram handle is my first name, A R I C or my last name, Just tell me you. You heard from me from the Carolina Weather Group, I know you're just talking stranger.
10: I have two platforms. If you want any, any type of weather content, at least. The first being Foggy Cow Weather Forecasting. That's a forecasting page. It's been around for a couple of years on Facebook, um, originally created by BT Meteorology students. It's been passed down over the years. I just recently took, took control of the helm with uh, another friend of mine. So for another two years, you can expect forecasts for any type of significant weather event. I'm um, in Virginia and also surrounding areas like today, uh, North Carolina was included in my map for the storm threat. And then apart from that, uh, my Twitter handle, the J WX. I'm not sure if I should spell that out or not. Cause that's a, a pretty complicated name, but I, I storm chase pretty frequently and I forecast as well. So there's all sorts of weather content on there, but I try to, for the most part, for the most part keep it strictly on topic for meteorology. So those would be... Uh, I think a good follow in my in my personal opinion, <laughs> I've toot my own horns, so
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah, good follow on Twitter. I'll
3: follow you on Twitter.
0: Um, I didn't know about the Facebook page, so we'll have to look at that.
10: But
3: uh, uh, Robert, what about you? Best way to find anything, updates about me, or I keep it a lot about weather too on my Twitter is uh, my Twitter handle is Pesh Weekly, WX or P E S H. That's the actual name of my high school. I did some weather updates for it. And I just haven't changed it because I liked it. So if you uh, find that a little complicated, you can also just search my name on Twitter, Robert Zot, S Z O T. And that's where I do most of my activities is on my Twitter.
6: Oh, so, um, my personal Twitter is always a good place to go. I try to do some forecasting for the state of North Carolina. Um, so it's Ethan Clark WX. So it's pretty easy, just Ethan Clark WX, and I post a decent amount of stuff on there. Sometimes get off topic and post some coastal pictures, but mostly uh, weather-related stuff, but some storm-based stuff.
2: Yeah, my uh, Twitter handle is at um, ChanChanWXMan. WX Man. So. That's go. a great, that's a good one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Brianna? Uh,
8: my Twitter handle is at Brianna Fox WX. We want to thank all the college students
0: who gave us time for this series as we recorded it right as students were moving into the dorms. So a really hectic time for us to be recording these with the students, but we're very appreciative of their time. And we wish all of them the best of luck and wherever uh, this, uh, atmospheric degree meteorology degree takes and We wish them the best of luck. Uh, there's so much that we did talk about that we wasn't able to fit into our pre our programming here. So we'd like to invite you to catch our episode extras, and you can do that by supporting the Carolina weather group on Patreon for just a dollar 99. You'll get extra content from select episodes, including this one, which includes some raw interviews from our new friends for now. I'm Scotty Powell. We'll see you back here soon for another episode of the Carolina Weather Group.